Uh, the title of my message today is Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. Beware of the strangers. Stranger Danger. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And we're actually going to read it from the uh, New Living. We'll have it up here on the screen for you. Uh, John chapter 10. Uh, basically, what we're going to be focusing on this morning is learning, learning to be sensitive to the voice of God, how to hear the voice of God. If, if I ask for a show of hands, you don't have to uh, this time. But um, if I ask for a show of hands, who would like to hear the voice of God more clearly, would like to uh, be more sensitive to the voice of God in their life, I'm almost assured that every hand would go up. Um, but I, I want to uncover, I, I like getting to the root of a matter. I don't like just staying on the surface. And um, so if we're going to talk about understanding and recognizing and being sensitive uh, to the voice of God, we need to talk about what's really at hand. Um, and you don't have to be any more spiritual than you are today. Um, in fact, I'll just be honest with you, you can't be any more spiritual uh, than you are today. When you are born again, when you come into the kingdom of God, he has made you anew on the inside. The work is done. Now you've got to build up and you've got to strengthen that spirit. Man, when we come from death into life, when we come into darkness, into light, now we've got to learn how to live in this new thing. For those of you that have elementary children, they're going to be uh, in, the, in a series this month actually called My New Life. My new life. And they're going to learn how to build up their spirit, man. They're going to learn how to give attention and feed uh, their spirit, man. But when we come into the kingdom, you can't get any more spiritual than you are when you're born, when you're reborn, born again, saved. We just got to do some training. We got to do some developing. Amen. We, we, we've got to give some attention to some certain things. And so here in John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking. And in verse 1, he says, I tell you the truth. I almost wonder why he even needs to preface any statement with, I tell you the truth, after he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he just goes ahead and lets you know, I, I'm telling you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. He's talking about, he, he, he's, he's talking about how you have access to something. How you get access. Now, this is a great passage for pastors. Because pastors in the word of God are known as shepherds or caretakers of a flock. And you can quickly identify the ones that aren't pastors because they come a different way. He says that uh, anyone that doesn't come through the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, they are a thief and a robber. That means that they don't have the sheep's best interests at heart. A real pastor doesn't have your interests at heart. He has his own interests. He's in it for what he can get. He's in it for what, how it benefits him. And I can tell you right now, the second things start uh, going downhill, start not looking good, they're off to the races, man. They've, they've got another call on their life. God has directed them somewhere else. God has led them somewhere else. Or uh, in some cases, they'll just run. Uh, but he's identifying what a real shepherd Looks like, But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize, look at this, his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep. Go back to verse 3. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The shepherd, the true shepherd, is recognized by his voice. His voice. He's able to call them by name and he leads them out. Let's keep going. Verse 4. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him. We just talked about being devoted followers of Jesus. He walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Isn't it interesting that the voice has that much power? In someone's life. Isn't it interesting that just by calling someone by name and and you don't even have to see them, you don't even have to feel their presence. Come on. See, these are the things that 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 we yearn for and long for. I want to feel your presence. We just sang a song, but I want you to know that there's going to be opportunities in your life that you don't feel the presence. And if you're led by feelings, you'll be in a roller coaster ride for your life. But when you learn to be led by the voice, the voice is constant. The voice is consistent. The voice is always there, even when you don't see them. I told a story before. There was one time a couple years ago, uh, my parents met us in Orlando, and we went to, um, uh, my parents are from Texas, live in Texas, and so they met us out in Orlando for a week and you know, really just wanted to spend time with Camden. We get to come along for the ride. But, you know, they're there to see Camden. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're out there hanging out. And we were at um, uh, Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. And uh, we are just kind of walking around. And, you know, all day long, all week long, you're telling, we're telling Camden, stay by us. Stay with us. Don't go wandering off. Hold our hand. You know, the, the whole bit that, you know, all parents do when you're in large groups of people, large crowds. And so, you know, we're, we're just walking along. And, and, and there, was at one, there was at one point we had just gotten done eating. And Camden was walking with me. At this point, he's probably three years old, I, I would imagine. This was a couple of years ago. And so he's walking ahead of me a little bit. And he's just kind of wandering. He's just, you know, kind of going. And he's getting further and further away. I finally just stopped walking. I'm just curious how long he's going to keep on going. And so he's going, and there, he's going into the crowd. And so, you know, I'm following behind him, but I'm not close enough to where he's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm back there. And so he's just walking, you know, just kind of feeling it out. And then all of a sudden you see the panic come on. And, and, and now he's kind of looking, and, you know, I'm kind of like ducking behind crowds a little bit, just kind of messing with them. Yeah, I'm a horrible parent. I know. I'm, we're in a parenting class on Wednesday nights. I need it. I, I need it just about as much as anybody else here. Uh, so, you know, I'm just kind of ducking, seeing what he's doing. He's kind of, I mean, he's, he's panicking. It, didn't, it took him maybe five seconds to recognize, Daddy's not here. I don't feel his presence anymore. And so I'm, I'm ducking. But then all of a sudden I call out, Camden. 
And boom, his eyes find me. And he comes running to me. I said, see? That's why we can't go wandering off. And, you know, you know he, wasn't want, he wasn't trying to get away from me. You know, like some of us do with God. We try to get away. We just wander off. You know, we just kind of wander off. And then before you know it, I'm, I'm not on the path that you placed me. I'm not going in the direction that you had me headed out in. I, I don't feel your presence here. I, and it's not because he's gone anywhere. It's because you went somewhere. And, and, and now we, we get to a place of panic and we start, I don't feel your presence, God. I, I got to go to church on Sunday to feel your presence now. And I, and, and I, I got to go hear the pastor to get a word now. And, 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 and so we wander Away. So Camden wanders off and he recognizes my voice. He didn't smell me. He didn't feel me. He wasn't touching me. I wasn't holding him. He wasn't in the clutches and the cares of my grip. He had wandered off. But the second my voice called out, he recognized my voice. The first thing that we have to understand uh, if we're going to understand how to hear God's voice better, the first thing we got to understand is relationship. 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 I'm concerned that we have left the value of relationship. I'm concerned that we haven't held as closely the value of keeping our relationship with our father what does that mean that doesn't that that means that i'm not just going to god when i need something relationship is lifestyle it's what you are hearing from god should not be something you do it should be something you are hearing from god should be a lifestyle not a moment not an event not a There it is. I need God's voice now. It should be regular. It should be occurring. Relationship is ongoing. Relationship is there. Whether whether you give attention to it or not, the relationship is there. The value of the relationship is in the priority and the focus that you put on it. How many of you know you can have a blood relationship with somebody, but they be just as... You, you can have a, a, a marriage relationship sleeping in the same bed, but be, but be miles apart. You can be closer with your co-workers at work than you are with your own spouse. Today, you know, we've lost value of relationship because we, we have allowed substitutes in our lives that feel like relationship when they're not. Facebook is not relationship. I don't care how many different ways you cut it. That's just letting us know, uh, you know, how your cat's doing and, and what restaurant you like to eat at, uh, you know, and those kind of things and all your beautiful, wonderful baby pictures that we see all the time. You know, that's what Facebook's for. Facebook is not for building relationships. You don't do marital counseling, counseling through Facebook. Amen. We've allowed substitutes. We, we've allowed things in our lives that are not replacements for the real thing, for the authentic. And there's nothing, there is nothing like an authentic relationship with Jesus. There's nothing like it in the world. 
Because then it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you end up. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter what chaos comes. It doesn't matter what trials and tribulations. You're with the one that said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now that's a relationship. That's a relationship. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's that mean? That there's some seeking going on. There's a part I have to play in this thing. See, people that blame God for things don't have a relationship with him. People that blame God for things that happen in their lives don't have a real relationship with him. They, they don't know his voice when he's calling out. And so the first thing we have to tackle, the first thing we got to understand is a relationship. Now, here's what happens in relationships. You can tell the closeness of a relationship by how well the other party knows the desires of another. The closeness of a relationship, when, it, when relationships grow closer, the other party knows what the other party's thinking. The other person knows, I remember we did a, a, a Valentine's banquet a couple, a couple years ago. And uh, many of y'all were here. We had a great time with that, had a wonderful time. And we played a little game where you take a, a, a couple, a married couple, and you put them back to back. And they're holding, I think they're holding each other's shoe in their hand. So I would have my wife's shoe and the, uh, my wife would have my shoe in her hand. And then you ask them questions about each other and, you know, they have to raise their hand, you know, on if that's something, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it goes. But basically you're discovering what the spouse knows about the other. It's fun, fun stuff. But what I've learned in 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 my relationship with my wife is I know what she likes. I know what she wants. I know how she thinks. I know what she doesn't like. I know what she doesn't want. Amen. This happens in relationships. The closer you get, the better you get to know about the person and the better you get to know the person. See, here's what we've done with knowing God's voice and recognizing God's voice. We have made hearing God's voice more about what it sounds like than what he wants. See, the enemy's so tricky. He will deceive you and, and he'll make you think that you can't hear from God if you don't hear an audible voice. The enemy will try to make you think that, that you're, you don't really know God because you don't hear him as well as sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. They always have a prophetic word. They always have something. God's always speaking to them. And, and, and the devil will put you in this box. But let me tell you something. You want to recognize and know God's voice because you want to know him. When you get to know him... You'll get to know his voice. I did a series several years ago 
uh, on discovering God's will for your life, how to know God's will. And the number one point that I had in that series was more people want to know God's will rather than know God. But you would find out that if you would get to know God, you'd get to know his will. The closer you get. But see, when you only go to God and your relationship is simply based upon, I'm in trouble, I need something. See, there, there are people that are afraid of God. They don't want to hear from God. Because the only idea they have of God is that he wants to smote me and smite me and strike me down with, with lightning. And, you know, wants to bring all these bad things. And, and he, you know, he's going to curse me to utter damnation for the rest of my life. And, you know, I've done all these horrible... Because that's the picture people have put in their mind. So they don't want to talk to God. Right? You don't want to talk to your parents when you're in trouble the last person you want to talk to but if we would get to know god if we would develop the relationship it would be less about how's he going to talk to me is he going to show me in a dream he's going to show me in a vision is he going to you know speak to me with an audible voice is he you know am i going to be able to hear him clearly i believe that hearing god's voice is more about knowing him And understanding what he wants and what he doesn't want. But that only comes through relationship. I don't know what you want if I only call you every five months when I'm in trouble. I don't know anything about you. I don't even know what you can do for me. I don't even know. And this is where faith comes. Your faith in God will be built up the more you get to know God the greater your relationship becomes with God. So hearing God's voice is not about what it sounds like. It's about what he wants. And that only comes through relationship. Relationship. We have to have the relationship. We've got to seek first. We've got to pursue. We've got to go after. We've, we've, we've got to put... Uh, our, our life on the line. And, 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 and this is the thing, is that we, we have made a habit out of calling out to God and wondering why he doesn't answer, but then we don't answer when he's calling out to us. We've got to develop a relationship. If you want to hear God's voice clearly, if you want to know God's will clearly, get to know God. Get to know God. We have to have a relationship. Number two. Number two is recognition. Recognition. He says here in John chapter 10. In verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice. Camden that day at Animal Kingdom recognized my voice. But recognition... Demands relationship. You don't recognize what you don't have a relationship with. You don't recognize what you don't have a relationship with. What happens is we have a need to train ourselves to hear and know God's voice. Training. 
development. You've got to train yourself to hear it. It's got to become familiar. Now, not familiarity in the sense that, oh, that's just God. Familiar as in the second he speaks, you're sensitive and you know that's him who's speaking to you. Kenneth E. Hagin wrote a book on how to hear the voice of God. And, 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 and he said that the number one need in the last days for the church is to learn how to train themselves to hear the voice of God. To know when the Holy Spirit's speaking. To know when God is speaking to you. Number one. I'm afraid that we have a church in the last days that does not recognize the voice of God. Does not know when the Holy Spirit is, is, is yielding and, 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 and pulling and drawing and speaking to a believer's life. That direction that you seek, that, 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 that path you want to be on, it's only going to come as you learn to recognize God's voice. Recognition. Recognition. So we have to train. How do you train yourself to recognize God's voice? Easy. God's word. God's word. You know, the great thing about God's word The great thing about God's word is that God's word is eternal. It's forever settled in heaven, the Bible says. Uh, The Bible says that the word will never pass away. The flower may fade, the grass may wither, but my word will last and stand forever. So guess what? Anything that God wants to tell you today will never contradict what he's already said. The way that God wants to lead you, the way that God wants to guide you today and direct you, he will not go against what he's already established in his word. It's forever settled. Psalms 119 verse 11. And and I I find it interesting that the longest chapter in the entire Bible, Psalms 119, is all about honoring and learning and knowing God's word. And it says here, this is one of the popular verses found there, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart. What does that mean? I have put it where nobody can get it. Right? You don't leave valuables just sitting out. You put valuables away. You put things that are valuable in a safe. You lock it up somewhere. It's somewhere where nobody can get it, whether it's a password, whether it's uh, uh, money, whether uh, it's, it's, it's some type of jewelry or something that's very valuable and precious to you. You put that thing away. So if someone does try to come in and get it, they can't. We know from the parable of the sower that the enemy is trying to steal the word. He wants to steal the word. Every time the word is sown, I'm I'm sowing the word. What does that mean? I'm planting the word in you. Your heart is soil today. What kind of soil are you? Are you hard, uh, 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 thorny soil that's going to choke out the word that I'm saying today? Are you you a, a, a soil that's allowing other things of the world to grow in there as well? That'll keep the word from coming up the way it should? 
Is your, is your heart today a hard ground that the soil can't even get in anyways? Or is your heart today rich soil that the seed of the word is going into as I'm preaching and speaking this word right now? And it's going to take root Because you're going to water it, and you're going to nurture it, and you're going to study it, and you're going to meditate on it, and you're going to look over it. And then as you do that, you're going to start to see the word produce. Where you used to produce hate and anger, you'll start producing love and joy. Where you start to produce, uh, where you used to produce anxiety and worry and depression, now the word's going to start springing up peace and comfort in your life. That's not me. I don't have any control over that. You do. What's the condition of your heart that the seed is being planted in? That determines what will spring forth. If you want to take care of the fruit, you have to first take care of the root. There is no fruit without root. And if the word can never take root within you, you will never see fruit of it. You'll never see fruit of it. And you wonder why you can't kick that addiction. And you wonder why you just can't seem to respond to your spouse properly. And you wonder why you can't get your finances in order. And you wonder why my my job just doesn't seem to be satisfied. I can't seem to get the promotions I need. I can't seem to be going. It's because you're not allowing the word to take root in your life and apply it and then see the fruit from it. That's the truth. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. David said, I have hidden your word. That doesn't take place by preaching. Hiding God's word is what you do after you walk out of here. Hiding God's word, where you put it, that's up to you. I have the responsibility to sow it. All of it. Not just the stuff you want to hear. There's a lot of stuff you don't want to hear. I have the responsibility to sow it anyways. And it might send you down the road. It might get you mad and offended. And, and, and you know, I'm never going to go to church again. But that's your response to God's word. That's not my responsibility. I have the responsibility, just like Paul said, to not withhold the full counsel of the word to you. You have the responsibility to receive that. I have hidden my, God's word in my heart. If you want to become familiar with God's voice, become familiar with God's word. The reason why we don't recognize when God's speaking is because we're not even in his word daily to begin with. God's word written is God's word spoken. There's, there's, there's two words in the Greek, just to give you a little lesson, a little history lesson. There's, the, the Bible is written in three different languages, one of those being Greek, and there's two words in the Bible for word, for God's word. There's logos, which is the, the written word. But then there's rhema. Rhema is the spoken word. Of God. Anytime you read God's word, that is God speaking to you. 
How, why did Camden turn around that day at Animal Kingdom? Because that wasn't the first time I had... Anybody else could have called out his name, but he wouldn't have turned around. He would only turn around for the voice that he recognizes. And this, the passage that we just read in John chapter 10 says that the sheep recognize, recognize, recognize the shepherd's voice. You can't obey the voice you don't recognize. You can't respond to the voice you don't recognize. If we keep on reading here in John chapter 10, verse 5, it says, They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him. Why? Because they don't know his voice. Now, Camden would have gone the other direction because we had taught him. If a stranger calls you, you don't respond. If a stranger calls you, you don't respond. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Now, I want to show you something today. I've ministered this before. A lot of you that haven't heard this, and you've got to catch this. You've got to catch this. What defines a stranger? If we just go off of this verse, we understand that the shepherd is Jesus or God. The stranger would be the thief, and, and, and Jesus is specifically referring to the thief as the enemy, the devil. But technically, what defines a stranger, if we keep on reading there in verse 5, they will run from him because they don't know his voice. That's a stranger. Now, I want to take off Jesus being the shepherd and the devil being the stranger for a moment. Because if we just go by the definition that a stranger is a voice you don't recognize, that could be either one. What do I mean? I mean, if you don't recognize God's voice, he becomes the stranger. If you think, if you think that God is going to call you, and you're not even familiar with his voice and don't even know, and you're automatically going to respond by running to his arms, that's not a true statement. You've got to gain the recognition of who that is. But if you don't recognize that that's God calling you, you could be running away from the very one who's trying to draw you near to him. Stranger danger. Who's the stranger in your life? Is it the enemy? Or is God the stranger? Is God the one that I don't recognize? Is God the one that I'm not familiar with? And so now he's calling me, he's telling me to go and do this, but I'm running the opposite direction. People run the opposite direction from God all the time. You can read through the Bible. I just think it's interesting that people have this idea. We've got this idea that if God calls me, if he spoke to me audibly, I'd do it. No, you wouldn't. Read the Bible. 
Read the Bible. There are people in the Bible that had burning bushes in front of them, had angels show up, had earthquakes happen. We got one guy in the Bible that's running so far away that uh, he, he has to have a, a, a crazy storm show up while he's on a boat headed the other direction away from God, who he audibly heard, go to Nineveh. No, God ain't doing it. <laughs> Getting on a boat, going the opposite direction. And we think, man, if I just could hear God clearly, I would obey. False. That is not a true statement. That is not a true statement. We've got to have the relationship. We've got to have the recognition. And it leads me to my third thing. We've got to have a response. You can't respond to what you don't recognize. You can't respond to what you don't recognize. God's been trying to tell you for 10 years what to do. You don't recognize his voice, so you're not listening, so you're not obeying. The ultimate goal, the ultimate goal in hearing God's voice is to do what he says. But we've made the ultimate goal just hearing the voice. My question is, let's go one step further. What do we do when we've heard his voice? If we skip on down to... Verse 11. Verse 11. Watch this. John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. We explained that earlier. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. and He isn't their shepherd. And the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really even care about the sheep. But Jesus says again in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. Now watch. Because he knows the Father, and the Father knows him. What's that? Relationship. Relationship. The relationship leads to a response. So I sacrificed my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Verse 17, the Father loves me. Because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. No one's going to make you listen and recognize and respond to God's voice. You will have to do it. No one takes my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. Watch this. For this is what... My father has commanded. Jesus responded to the voice of his father. His voice wasn't just 
I just want to know that you're near. I just want to know that you're with me. I just want to know that you're around me. See, here's the great thing about raising Camden to hear my voice. Watch this. Here's the thing that just, that is the amazing part. There's going to be a day. There's going to be a day that I won't be able to physically be there. But you know what will be? My voice in his ear and in his heart, leading him and guiding him and directing him. You know what will be? Is the voice of his heavenly father leading him and guiding him and directing him. And even when he doesn't sense Jesus in the room, and even when the presence isn't all over me, and even when I don't feel his power on my life, his voice is leading me and guiding me. Don't go there. Don't do that. Go over here and do this and get Give that away and be this to that person. Why? Because he's learned to hear and recognize and respond to the voice. The voice. The voice is greater than the presence. Because where his voice is, there is his presence. Don't tell me you want to know the presence of God, but you don't want to obey his voice. God's presence shows up to give you something to do. If you're in the presence for a feel-good moment and I just need my security blanket and just got to know that everything's going to be all right. Sometimes that voice will send you Right into the midst of utter chaos. I love the story in Acts chapter 27 with Paul. He's getting on a ship. He's a prisoner. You've got an owner of the boat. You've got a captain. You've got a Roman centurion. You've got all these leaders. All these guys that should know what's happening. And an angel visits Paul. An angel visits Paul and says, you need to tell them not to set out today because there's a terrible storm coming. So Paul tries to let them know, but none of them want to listen. No, it looks good to us. We're heading out. Angel tells Paul, that's okay. I'll take care of you. But thank God Paul could hear God's voice. Because then later on, once they got into the the, the storm, they wanted to kill all the uh, 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 slaves and throw them overboard and get rid of them because they were causing the boat to be weighed down. And Paul said, the only way that we're going to make it to the other side is if not one person loses their life. There's going to be opportunities for you in the midst of utter chaos that not only are you going to want to hear from God, you're going to need to hear from God and you're going to save multiple people. You might save your business you might save your job. You might save your coworkers. You might save your family. But you have to be one that is sensitive to the voice of God. It's not about what it sounds like. It's not about, uh, you know, how does he speak to me? How, when he speaks, you'll know it on the inside. Romans chapter 8 tells us that our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we are sons of God. Thank God for visions and dreams. Thank God for prophetic words. And those things are still applicable today. 
He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But now I've got something that nobody else from Acts back had. I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me, directing me and leading me. And he's telling me where to go and he's telling me what to do. And I don't need to to burn incense and I don't need to go to this person to get a word. I can get a word through the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. And be led by his voice. Because I have a relationship with him. I don't go to God when I need something. Nobody likes to be used for what you can do. Nobody likes to be in a relationship with an individual that they're only around you because of what you can do for them. Neither does God. Work on the relationship. Recognize his voice by getting in his word. Recognize his voice by getting familiar with his truths. No, it it might not tell you in here what job to take. It might not tell you in here, uh, you know, do you need to start that business? It might not tell you in here, you know, do you need to go back to school? But there's direction and there's guidance in here. And you'll find that if you'll learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and obey God's voice in the generalization of your life, that he'll start leading and guiding you even in the specifics. But all of that is nothing if we don't learn to respond. Chase, if you come up. We must learn to respond. I'll tell you what, the quicker you are to obey when you hear, the quicker you will be to hear next time. But it works the other way. If you are slow to obey when he speaks, see, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to yell at you. He's not going to speak. I might go that direction next week. How to hear God's voice above all others. I might go there next week. I don't have this thing planned out. We'll see what God wants to do. The Holy Spirit's not going to yell over Facebook. He's not going to scream at you over HDTV. He's not going to try to get your attention when you're focused on everything else. You have to give Him your attention. If you will give God your attention, He will give you your direction. Amen. If you will give God your attention, He will give you your direction. We don't miss God because He's not speaking. We miss God because we're not listening. We don't miss God because He's not speaking. We miss God because we're not listening. Father, I pray this morning that we will become sensitive to your voice, sensitive to your call. You're a loving God. You're a caring God. Grace and mercy flow from you. Your mercies are new every morning. 
Father, we give attention to your voice. We give attention to your voice. Father, forgive us for not hearing. Forgive us for not placing the right priority. Forgive us for not responding when we know that you've spoken. Father, I declare today over this church that there is a new sense, a new sense, new sense of sensitivity in our lives. A a, a rebirth that we give you our attention, we give you our time. If we'll give you our time, you'll give us direction. You'll give us hope. You'll guide our path. You promised that your word would be a lamp unto our feet. Your word would be a light unto our path. So, Father, we thank you that we give proper attention, place proper priority on your word to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit, Father. And I thank you that we we become doers doers of that which you are speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen.